Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 336. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. What's going on, Mike? What up, what up? Uh, not a whole lot. Just um, just chilling. Read some comics today. Read some books and comics. I picked up a... I don't know if I said this last episode. I picked up a um, HP Lovecraft like anthology book for Halloween. I've got the, it's actually a hardbound mm-hmm. um, with the, the gold trim on it. Oh, nice. Of all of his uh, works. I have not opened it. I bought that over a year ago. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of it's, a lot of it's hard to read because of the, like, you know, the way he writes. Um, you get the gist of it. Once you get to like the cosmic horror shit, you're like, okay, now I understand what's happening. Um, yeah. He's, I'm told he's a tough uh, read. Yeah. But I do enjoy like the ideas of like, you know that him, him building like the world of Cthulhu and all the other monsters, um, and just thinking about how he did that back in the day, uh, he was insane. But also, there's a disclaimer in the front of the book of how, about how blatantly racist he is. <laughs> and, oh uh, yes, yeah. So sometimes you'll be reading and bam, something just hits you, and you're like, "Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's problematic." I'm glad they had the, the disclaimer in the front page. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then Cthulhu yeah. came out of the swamp. Yes. And he's yeah. only there because of the blacks. Whoa, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's like, yeah. he just blatantly starts calling out like Native Americans, African Americans. Like, it, yeah. I always used to tell people because, like, you know, it's funny to me that his stuff is used so often, especially right. in like the world we're in today with like yeah. how people are with that stuff. And, uh, Rightfully so in a lot of cases. But um just look up HP Lovecraft's cat. Oh yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the we, name yeah. is cat is just yeah. right there. Boom. Yeah. Um it is interesting too, because he has the ties to like New England. And uh if you ever do the really I don't recommend it, the Witch Museum in, in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh which is all like, you know, evil witchcraft stuff, but they like tell the story and <laughs> They have a funny part of the story where they're like, yes, the servant to the uh, to the owner of the like the the house, Tichaba, and it's like was brought over from Africa. I go, yeah, the servant, really, <laughs> you know, this person was a slave, the, the definitely paid maid. <laughs> yeah, the paid. Yeah, the paid like <laughs> housekeeper. It's like, come on, guys, you need to like start talking about what really happened. Um, yeah. But no, it's. I, it is interesting, like the way he describes the monsters, and then you can now obviously you can Google a picture to help with your imagination because a lot of the shit is like he says it's unimaginable, and then he says like it looks like a crab and a bird and a a like crustacean shell and like whiskers, and it's like you know, yeah. I, I wanted to look up someday. Like, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I, this would be fun to look up, and I'll never do. Yeah, but like where the actual like vision of Cthulhu came from, because I've always been told that in the story, it's just like it's undescribable. You know? Right. And yeah. This. And, and then, then we he all see him it. as this weird. Yeah. Fucking squid face thing. Yeah. He's like, I. he's like, I can't describe it. He's like, you can't you can't even imagine it. But he's like, <laughs> but it's got wings and a squid face and hooves. For me. You're like, OK, so you can't see it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but I, I think the most interesting part is like. I can't remember the name of the planet, but he talks about they they the like the world they come from is at the edge of like the solar system behind the sun. So like the sun, I don't know. 
somehow the sun doesn't reach this planet at the edge of the galaxy or whatever. And that's where everything resides. It's like a dark planet where all these monsters are living in Shannon. It's like this dude was a little ahead of his time uh, writing this stuff. You know, it's pretty cool. Listen, awful people can make great works of art. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's uh, it's an unfortunate reality of the world. But Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was it was pretty cool to read that for, you know, Halloween time. I think it's interesting that you're reading a, a, a book book, no pictures. Yeah, I, I read I do read a couple books in between my comics. Like I'm doing the um talked about it before, the uh oh man, not the King Killer Chronicles. This one is the Stormlight Archives, which is the Brandon Sanderson series, uh Way of Kings, and I'm on the fourth book right now. But uh each book is like twelve hundred pages, so uh, I'm slowly getting through. I, I like I go in between listening to the audiobook and reading because I can't sit down and read that many words, you know. So I like I that's that's how I felt it works the best for me with novels, you know, the audiobook plus reading it, I think is the okay. best mix and match. Interesting. I've never gotten audiobooks. It is reading, by the way. I will fight anyone who thinks an audiobook is not reading because it's takes I'm not fighting reading. that. I just yeah. I never got into it. No, I'm just saying anybody listening, but audio comic books, I think they're, they try those a few times. I don't think they work so well because yeah, I have one. I have a few actually, because yeah. they used to come with the, the vinyl records. Mm-hmm. It's the only vinyl records I have because vinyl's trash. Um, <laughs> but it's the best way to listen to music, Chris. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any records. But... Um. No, I own a few because they're cool collector's items, but yeah, that's it. And the only other vinyl I ever wanted to own, and I would still like to own it, but it's like you have to. I think the last I saw was going for five hundred bucks, and I'm not paying that much. Was the uh, the Eagles players mostly the offensive line did a Christmas album years ago what? for the Eagles Autism Fund? That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I I wanted to get it so bad, but just to hang it on the wall, I would you know. Yeah. I've, I've listened to the album on Spotify and it's, you know, it's whatever. It's funny it's, at times. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I did listen that you would probably like the, the Sandman series. They did like DC Comics specifically did that for like Audible. And they actually like had real actors voicing. It. I remember we talked about that years ago. Yeah, that those, cool. that's more like an audio drama. Yeah, which is pretty I cool. like audio dramas. Yeah, yeah um movies you watched anything this week chris well i I mean we're like seven minutes in we should probably mention we have a interview oh i'm sorry yes we do have an interview everybody uh you might remember we talked about bigfoot knows karate some time ago we now have casey allen on the show today to talk about the new kickstarter that's ongoing for bigfoot knows karate uh this would be the um hinnagon one shot and chapters one and two are out right now on Kickstarter. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, if my voice is off or I um, cough or something, I'm recovering from COVID, everybody. So try my best here. Yeah. I have I'm hitting that mute button pretty good so far. So we'll see. I have a mask over my over my microphone. It's not cross contaminate. Yeah. I'm sending com- computer viruses over to my computer. <laughs> yeah, the, the viruses can come through computers. People told me that. So you got to mask your mics. Um, what did you watch this week, Chris? Are you ready for it, Mike? Oh shit! It's gonna be something that I like. I watched John Wick. I was gonna, dude. I was gonna say John Wick. <laughs> oh man, 
And wait, did you watch all four John Wicks? No, I watched the first one. All okay. right. Okay. First okay. of all, the first three are on Peacock. So, okay. I don't know when the fourth one's coming there, and that's when I'll watch it there. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good. I mean, it's a good action movie. I like the world that they built there. Yep. Um, I like his motivation. I mean, the joke is that they he uh, unretires because they killed his dog. Yeah. It's a little more complicated than that, but right, right. In a nutshell. Um, yeah, it was a cool action movie, and uh, I look forward to watching the rest of them. If you like the world building, I mean, that's pretty much like as you get to four, it's just like they quickly start introducing more and more like, you know, people from within that universe, which is cool. Yeah. So, And you saw uh, the Continental. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up. Peacock. Yeah, it's, it's a miniseries, three episodes on Peacock right now, I think, right? Um, I'm going to have to like check out yes. Peacock to watch them. So yeah, it's on there. Um, actually Peacock's got some bangers coming for, uh, October. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, they're getting, so I'll be watching all three back to the future soon. Cause they're getting all three of those. Oh, that's pretty huge. Yeah. And, uh, a bunch of like hollow, a bunch of scary movie stuff for October. So the Halloween movies are going, Oh, nice. Uh, a bunch of other random stuff. Um, yeah. So Peacock's got some good stuff coming to their service this month. Maybe I'll subscribe. Um, I watched a a horror movie this weekend. Uh, Surprise there. Because you know it's spooky time. So, well, I've watched a few Halloween style movies like uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion. Not the new one yet. That comes out on Disney soon that I want to watch. I want to see that. It looks fun. Yeah, it's got Danny DeVito in it. Uh, It's got Rosario Dawson in it. That too, yes. Um, Ahsoka. And then I watched the movie Talk to Me. Have you heard about this one? No. So this is a, it was actually a low budget. So low budget under 5 million uh, and ma- ended up making like 80 million at the box office. So it's, it's a simple story, Chris. It's like uh, these, it's like a teen, teen horror thing where these kids, it's, it's like filmed in Australia. Um, and actually, uh, uh, Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, the actress that plays her, is in the movie, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think that's probably where, where some of the budget went. Uh, she's a famous actress. I can't think of her name right now. But anyways, there's this hand. It's like a simple story. Like There's this hand that looks like this. It's like cut off at the, the forearm here. And they say that it's like a the hand of a psychic or a medium or a devil worshiper that was cut off and preserved. So what they do is these kids have parties and what you do is you grab the hand and you say, talk to me and you see a ghost sitting there, like a, like a a spirit of somebody dead. And it's always like somebody different. And then what you do is you say, uh, I let you in and the demon or ghost or whatever possesses them for, for, for a certain amount of time. But they have rules like, guys, we can only do this for 90 seconds, because if you go over 90 seconds, then they say the ghost stays in the person. So, you know, it's like the kids are partying. And but like when they come down from being possessed, it's almost like they got a high off a drug. And it's a lot it's a lot more complicated that it deals with like grief because like the main character had lost her mother. Um, So like it's almost like it's almost a story about like using like abusing drugs for grief. But then the drug is like this thing that is possessing people and like, you know, the teens are messing around with it. Obviously it goes wrong. A couple people might have stayed in for more than 90 seconds. Uh, and it's, it's really good. I mean, it's like psychological. Um, there's some like weird, there's like some really violent gore, like evil dead gore because, and 
you know, of course, a couple kids get involved and uh, yeah, it's it's really good. It's really fucking creepy um, because at times you like don't know who's who kind of thing. Uh, but no, it was it was really well done. And I, I probably one of the scariest things I've seen all all year. So uh, just really unsettling because, you know, when they're like they time to the chair when they're possessed. So they're like, you know, speaking to everybody in the room and shit. And it's just like really creepy. Mm-hmm. The way they like move their body, all all the all the young actors in it just do a great job because they have to play like, act like they're possessed. Um, and there's a really funny scene in the middle of it, like they're like, yeah, let's start it up, and they all start like using it, and it's like a montage scene of like you know if you've seen like a like a teen party movie like Super Bad or some shit where there's like a montage of like everybody partying it up. That's what they do, but it's like them partying around the hand, and everybody's like getting a turn like using the hand, and like it's uh. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's really unsettling. So obviously we had to watch like a, a movie after that to kind of like wash wash my brain before I could go to sleep. So um but I would recommend it for any horror enthusiasts out there. It's a pretty simple idea and executed very well. Like I said, really small budget. There's hardly any practical effects. Um it's just a lot of creepy shit going on. Interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, <laughs> I, I know what's to add, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you won't be watching it, uh, but you can talk to me about Ahsoka this week because I haven't watched that. Yeah, so, Mike, it happened. Oh, they brought Thrawn back? Thrawn and Ezra make uh-huh. their return. Okay. So, I guess, for starts, it starts off when like they're inside the whale and they're going through hyperspace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot the hyperspace whales. Yeah, and... Uh, Ahsoka's sitting there with the the droid that she's with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I explained this earlier, but the droid she's with is actually a droid from the Jedi Temple who used to like train the 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 younglings. Okay. And he would tell these stories to the kids and everything. And uh they have this back and forth. And uh Ahsoka's like, you know, basically ends up telling Ahsoka this old story from when she was in the temple. And he starts off the story with in a galaxy far far away. Or a long uh, time ago, yeah. So yeah. like that kind of hints that the the whole opening scroll for the uh, Star Wars franchise comes from these stories that the, they tell uh, in the temple. Kind of okay. a retcon there, but a fun one. Uh, they get to the the other galaxy, and they kind of like shoot the other galaxy, and we get to where the Night Sister and the the two not Sith Sith mm-hmm. characters are, and we get introduced to Thrawn. And Thrawn's there with his big uh, starship, and he's got he still has his whole ship full of Tie fighters and stormtroopers and everything. But the stormtroopers are all like haggard uh-huh. and fucked up, and obviously like they fixed their armor using what they had. Right. So like you'll see some of the armor will have like gold stripes in it when they like kind of hatched it back together. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who runs the whole like is the sergeant of the whole army has this weird like faceplate that's yeah. different from the rest of them. It kind of uh, looks like uh, everybody's been comparing it to the, the gladiator. Oh, okay. The guy puts the faceplate down and it's yeah. the, the face with a crying. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's gold. So like the stormtroopers are a little weird. Uh-huh. And there's a whole theory that, because they're known as the night troopers. That's yep. what they're called. And there's a whole theory there that they're actually all just possessed by the the three 
night sisters that were there with Thrawn. Okay. And um, they're actually just like basically zombie troopers, mm-hmm. which would be if we go back to like earlier episodes when we had that Inquisitor who we found out was just like green mist. Yeah, right. That's same idea. Like that's what um, resurrects yeah. people is that green mist. Uh-huh. So they're thinking like, oh, that might be what's going on there. That might be stretching it. I don't know. It's a theory that's going on out there. But it was really cool. Awesome scene where like all of them come out and they're chanting Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. Then he walks out all fucking badass, like perfectly put together. Mm-hmm. Not a stain on his uniform and just like gives the speech. Fucking chilling. I loved it. Um, And then they all meet and they let... Uh, What's her face? I forgot her name now. But they let the the Mandalorian chick go okay. off and go find Ezra because she was made a promise and Thrawn's, you know, a man of eloquence and dignity and all that bullshit. So he goes, <laughs> go, he goes fine, go find your friend. And when she leaves, he's basically like, even if she finds him, like, we'll be long gone. So they'll be stuck here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but the two not Sith, Sith characters decide to follow her. Mm-hmm. And we find out they have an alternative plan too. They there's some sort of like hidden power in this planet in this galaxy mm. that they think they they have. So they're gonna go after that. So now there's like three branching stories going on right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. So she goes off try to find Ezra. Um, it's basically like a montage scene of her like going through the desert on her <laughs> like fucking not horse thing. And then she finds these little aliens that she can barely talk to mm-hmm. and finds Ezra. Okay. And uh, the joke is like Ezra's been there for so long. He's he's got a beard, he's in all these like raggy clothes and everything. Mm-hmm. He looks like Moses. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So That's I'm sure funny. you've seen those memes running around. Yeah, online. I have. Yeah. This is what Jesus is supposed to look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh it so it was really great to see Ezra come back, them have an interaction, and like what was really cool was Ezra's all excited that he's, you know, oh, I get to go home and all this stuff. And she knows, like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> like, But she won't say anything. So she goes, listen, like, I don't want to talk about any of that right now. Let me just be happy that I finally found you. Mm-hmm. And remembering, like, these two were, like, best friends. Sabine's the character, now that I remembered it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sabine and Ezra are, like, best friends. So, like, for them to find each other after all these years is, like, a huge moment. Um, And that's kind of the end of the episode. There's also another little nugget in this one. We learn that the the Jedi that have been trained after the fall of the Order, so everything post um, Order sixty six, are now known as Boken Jedi. So another little like lore thing that they threw in there. First time they've done that. It's a lot of cool things in this episode. Cool. And uh, I was really happy because I was hoping they get to it sooner. Personally, but. I'm yeah. really glad that we didn't wait till episode seven or eight. Like, at least we got into it in episode six. We got a full episode with these two characters in it. Um, they're introduced and everything. Although it's pretty obvious now that I know this was always supposed to lead to a movie. Like, mm-hmm. this is all leading toward, down a path and it's going to like intermingle with Mandalorian and a few other yeah. things. But it's very obvious now that there is no conclusion here. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to get. I think this season ends with Thrawn coming back and the whole like galaxy being like, Oh my God, Thrawn's back. Thrawn's back. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) See you in next season. Mandalorian. We find out what Mando thinks of it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
yeah. which would be a little disappointing, but I mean, more Thrawn, the better. So it was a good episode. It was cool. a really good episode. A lot of good lore in this episode. Um, and just a lot, I'm just glad to see those two characters finally show up. Yeah, Chris doesn't need lightsabers. He needs more lore, everybody. More lore. Oh, I love me some lightsabers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Star Wars is more than that. <laughs> and um, uh, you've been building towards something for a long time. Yeah. Let's let's start. Let's finally show Thon. So. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. We're going to jump to this interview with Casey Allen. We're going to talk about Bigfoot Nose Karate again. Uh, revisit that property, and we'll see you all on the other side. All right, everybody, we got a very special guest for you all. I want everybody to welcome to the show, Casey Allen. Welcome, Casey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. I, I'm waiting for you to, like, play a show for us with all your instruments. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <awesome>. I, <laughs> so I I used to play music and be in a few bands, and okay. nobody was really good, but we did it. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you acquire all the shit. Yep. And then you have kids, yeah. And then you can't play music anymore because the kids are like, "That's too loud." Yeah, that yeah. is too loud. So, um, what do you do? You you start you start writing you start writing comics. Hell yeah! Hell that, yeah. There you go, Bigfoot Nose Karate. And uh, we've definitely talked about this book on the show before, but you know, it's your first time on the show, so we're gonna. Oh, I love that. I love that cover. This is our foil cover. Foil, yes. Yeah. Foil all day. Draw, race, repeat. Um, Hell yeah. Fantastic art. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you start writing comics. So. And uh, I guess that that's the perfect segue for your origin story. Then give us the give us a lowdown why you started writing comics. And then we're going to talk about Comic Jam after that. But nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I loved comics as a kid up until like my you know, mid teens and then I started playing music and mm-hmm. um, my, my love for comics didn't like die. It just was, you know, put on hold music became like my passion. Yep. And um, then I, uh, I started working a job. I started working for a moving company okay. and the moving company was right down the street from a comic shop. And I had, for the first time in my life, I had like a a little extra money. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just like, you know, what about all those comics that I wanted to read when I was a kid? I just right. didn't, you know, didn't think I would, you know, could get to. Because we didn't live, I live in Alabama. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of comic shops around. What I could get was off of the spinner rack. Yep. But I would see all of these comics in Wizard which was a thing back in the you know late nineties. Yep. Wizard magazine. It was great. Um, and it was all these comics that I did not have access to. Right. Well, you know, I worked down the road from a comic shop. I would go there after work. And let me tell you, these guys, they like, they would be LARPing out in the parking lot, <laughs> which sounds awesome. It sounds super fun. But yeah. I yeah. work with a lot of jocks. Oh yeah, and they see a bunch of kids dressed up with like capes and no, sword, like foam swords and shit. <laughs> um, it was, it was a whole lot of like you know leaning out of the truck as we're driving past them and yelling yes. nerds and oh, not yeah. me, but you know. So yeah, I walked in course. with my work shirt on and they're like, "Whoa, we don't want any trouble." Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I just, don't, don't wreck the place, please. <laughs> I, I just want to re- revisit my childhood. Um, so I started. Uh, reading uh the sandman that was a comic that i always wanted to read i never got a chance to read it and then i started kind of backtracking and going 
you know, reading the Watchmen and, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff that, you know, you probably should read if you're, um, if you, if you want to know a little bit about comics and, or at least the progress of comics mm-hmm. through time. So I started reading all that. And then I, I kind of got the idea of like, is there a way for me to, to learn how to write? Mm-hmm. And I found this group on Reddit called the comic jam. And at the time it was weekly comics collab. Um, the challenge was to do a one piece uh, comic, a uh, one page comic. Mm-hmm. So they would pair artists and writers. Eventually the, uh, the head of that kind of got too busy and I took over. So each week we get artists and writers. Everybody votes on a theme. We say, Hey, writers write one page, you know, mm-hmm. six panel stops based on this theme. And then the next week I pair that script up with an available artist and then the artist done and then we pair it up with a letterer and uh at the end of it we publish the comic on our website www.thecomicjam.com or hppt blah, 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 yeah right. um uh in case anybody doesn't know <laughs> um yeah and then uh so it's super fun. It's a great workshop. It's a great way to learn like the basics and mm-hmm. kind of learn the ropes. And I ended up meeting folks that wanted to collaborate on, on larger items, on larger comics. And mm-hmm. uh, so I started writing a book called uh, Voodoo Child with a guy named Pete Woods. Um, Pete Woods is a uh, an artist out of England. He's not the American artist Pete Woods who does Iron Man and all that shit. Yeah. But he is a fantastic artist out of England. And uh, we started a series called Voodoo Child. And uh, we've done two issues of that. We have uh, five um, planned. And uh, then I ended up meeting uh, Dan Price, who is the uh, creator of the Bigfoot Nose Karate character. Mm-hmm. Um and ostensibly the idea was for me to edit. I was just going to edit. And I kept coming up with ideas like, you know, he really, Dan had a, you know, a freaking binder yeah. of ideas of things he wanted to do. He had a roadmap, but I, I kept noticing like a few things here and there that needed clarification, things that were missing. And eventually I was like, you need a villain for this first issue. It can't mm-hmm. just be, you know, this, Bigfoot on his inner quest. Yeah. Right. Um, we need some action. We can't just have him fighting, uh, you know, hunters. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I came up with the idea of uh, Kung Fu Thulu. And as soon as I said the name, it you <laughs> won. Uh, Dan was like, give me, give me, a, give me a little while. And then, yeah. you know, the next day in my, in the, in my inbox, there was a, uh, a drawing of our villain from issue one, Kung Fu Thulu. Yes. And after that, it was just, it was, it was on. Yeah. So I, I started co-writing with them. We bounce them back and forth. Um, every afternoon when I get home, I'll, uh, I'll walk the dogs and that's where I do most of my writing. We mm-hmm. have a path out in the woods. I live out in about 30 minutes outside of Birmingham, Alabama. We have a lot of woods behind our house and yep. I'll walk the dogs out behind the house and write the stories. That's awesome. And, yeah, it's just a fun way to kind of slow down mm-hmm. and just, 
you know, nobody's talking, nobody's bothering you. You just kind of a little bit of peace of quiet. And then, you know, ideas start happening. And so that, that's, that's how things happen. Then I'll call Dan and we'll just kind of bounce the ideas around. So that's awesome. And you guys had a successful Kickstarter for the first issue. I remember when that came out. Absolutely. Um, Issues one and two were uh, one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Like right away we, we funded and um, the, uh, so with this issue, which is a, a one-off. Yeah. It's a um, one shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the art, the uh, cover and the interior art are done by Adam Caswell, who did the cover, the alt cover for issues one and two. Mm. And um, Adam is, you know, just a, a super talented guy that um, loves drawing tiny, tiny lines. Mm-hmm. And um, Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's Adam's cover right there for the Hinnegan. Yep. Uh, and yeah, he's just a fantastic guy, super talented. And um, we wanted to find a reason. That's by Dennis Valencia, that cover right there. Uh, yeah, we wanted to find a way to keep uh, Adam around to mm-hmm. do stories with us. And um, with this character, there's so much that we can kind of pull from, you know, so many directions we can go. Mm-hmm. And isn't it kind of fun to kind of, you know, play in between those spaces? Right. And uh, so I kind of liken it to in, in the late 90s, there was a series called The Untold Tales of Spider-Man, which was, mm-hmm. you know, the the stories between the issues. Yep. And I really loved it because, you know, it's not there's no way that they have every single thing that happens to Peter Parker. You know, that's, that's yeah. insane. I'm sure there are things that happen all the time. Um, so, uh, and, and interesting things too. So um, this is one of those things. And with this story, my goal was to a, you know, give Adam a big sandbox to play in mm-hmm. B uh, tell a story that's unique to the character and just make it super fun for the reader. I'll, the first thing that goes through my mind is somebody's going to be paying for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we want it to be worth it. So my goal is to, you know, to write a, a super entertaining story. Um, and, you know, with Bigfoot Knows Karate, I, I think my favorite thing about it is that ostensibly you know it's it's a punch em up right yeah right you hear the name you're like oh that that just sounds like a bigfoot that does karate mm-hmm. and yes you would be right however <laughs> there, there's a lot more to it and i think that's one thing that has kept people uh buying the comics is that it's not just you know a, a Bigfoot, you know, whipping ass or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's a backstory to it. There's, um, there's, you know, ulterior motives. There's uh, a ton of different characters and they all have their thing going on. So I think that if we're able to do that and keep it fun and interesting and entertaining that, um, you know what if it, it was just a punch them up that's kind of a one trick pony right right you don't want to just read a a comic where it's just 
two big guys, you know, beating the shit out of each other. I mean, you might, yeah, but right. I mean, it, it's not really stimulating outside of like, oh wow, that guy, that guy really hit that guy. They yeah, do not like each other at all. Let's say Mike so, you got a comment about that one. Yeah, I know. I do. I do like. I do like punch him up. Just, just for the fact where I can shut my brain off and not have to think about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, the the thing yells clobber in time. He he beats the shit out of the Hulk, and then at the end of it, they shake and go about their merry way. Right. But you know, they're they're if that happened all the time, and you know, instead of like a limited series or whatever, it would it would get old. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. so that that was my goal was to kind of do just a fun punch them up and uh but m- make it mean something mm-hmm. and if you have been reading the comic um it's going to help inform the series a little bit but if you haven't been reading the series at all you're just gonna see like oh this is just a fun ass comic with with a Bigfoot beating the shit out of Water Dragon, Water Dragon beating the shit out of Bigfoot, and yeah. then other stuff happens, and right. that shit is cool. Like, yeah. rule of cool at the end of the day is, you know, that's what keeps comics alive, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's why, uh, you know, Ghost Rider can, can speak without lips, and <laughs> that's why, yep. you know, the, the thing can, you know, get punched in the face and have clumps come off without you know being completely disfigured um, yeah right and uh you know it's the comic book science well, of it uh, that's why we've been talking about this new justice league versus godzilla versus kong book and it's like i don't need to know anything about that <laughs> yeah, i just I need to know that it's justice league versus godzilla versus kong yeah that's, oh, right. yeah, that's just they're, rad yeah, <laughs> yeah they're just yeah right uh, i yeah i immediately like we're flipping through the art uh on if you're watching the video version uh and the first thing that pops in my mind, like you talk about the artist, does he ink his own work? He does. He does. Okay, because I think it'd be cruel for him to hand this over to an inker. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's he's an insane person. He really is. He's uh, he's in Maine, and I just know it's cold and harsh, and uh, he's out in the woods with a tiny, tiny ink ink pen, just going nuts. And we've had to tell him a few times, like, "Hey, man." Pump the brakes. We don't need to see the boogers in, in Bigfoot's nose. Just, you know, <laughs> uh, because he's all about the detail. He loves detail. Yeah, that's, I mean, very, this page yeah, here. The amount, yeah, the amount of lines there is just crazy. Oh, yeah. Like at times, um, where was it? There was this page up here. Like this gives me like kind of Eastman vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, a much more detailed than Eastman does, but like with how, he uses lines and everything but then you come down to like these two and it's almost like uh gary frank-esque and like the line detail and how yeah. much he puts into it yeah and one thing that i tried to do when i was writing this because we had him you know this was ostensibly written for him to illustrate um we wanted his art we wanted this to be a means to showcase his art um and it was, you know, like, oh, I, I need to basically give him a reason to draw some jaw-dropping panels. Uh, like, there, there was an issue of Thor where Walt Simonson kind of did, it was all splash pages, 
And initially I was going to attempt that, but I'm not Walt Simonson. I'm not, uh, I'm not a writer of that caliber, so I wouldn't know how to make it work. But the goal is was still kind of the same, like make it make every page a showcase. And uh, a lot of these pages, we, we have a term that we use when we're doing the book. We call it wall pages where it's, oh, I would hang that on my wall. That looks like something that is that's art that's just not a comic page that's that's art mm-hmm. so i feel like out of these pit like that page right there with that's the water dragon right yes yes that Mizuki. and this one with just bigfoot those are posters they're prints like oh absolutely yeah, absolutely sure. yeah look at those big old bigfoot titties man yeah i know on, you want giant, that on your wall yeah he's been doing push-ups yeah dude is yeah. dude is ripped he's he's a crunch a little more he's only got a four pack going yeah he's yeah. a few more crunches you know some some people I, I was reading about that um not that i'm ever going to have abs again like unless <laughs> something drastic happens yeah. but like some people i think just have like four, like a six pack is just not um, physically feasible. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, yeah, it, he's jacked. He's jacked. <laughs> I just, I always think of uh, this might be out of your uh, league. I don't know if you're into football or anything, but I always think of DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, yeah. In the picture of him without shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude's got a freaking like. <laughs> 20, 26 pack there you go that's yeah how, that's how it goes. yeah well, when you're when your job's to work out all the time i mean you know bigfoot's exactly. gotta, bigfoot's got to fight some people so you don't have time yeah. to work out all the time uh i i like what you did doing a one shot you know fighting a different or like it the story takes place like in the middle of one and two or like before no, this is actually this actually takes place in feudal Japan because oh, okay. like our character, like the fun thing about it, he's been around like he's since he's been around since you know the dawn of time, right? Um, and so we can, and the story kind of spans that in issue two. Um, we get a glimpse of um, I notice I'm talking with my hands a lot. I'm sorry, it's all right. It's, it's, I do um, <laughs> in issue okay. two. He is, uh, there's a page that kind of shows like him through time. Mm -hmm. And if you look real close, there's a, um, there's him in his like samurai outfit, uh, Greece. He was, you know, so, um, and, and also there was a, uh, a scene in issue two where, um, the Minotaur is fighting him and he starts just kind of naming off the people that uh that benny the the bigfoot character ha- had killed that was that were friends of his mm-hmm. and uh so right that guy right there yeah the um, yep. yeah yeah and uh it's uh we kind of had to do our homework on you know greek mythology and stuff like yeah, that it was super right, fun right. kind of going back and learning about like cryptids and uh other nice. like mythological creatures so mm-hmm. uh we at the same time though we didn't want to go too hard with that and go like oh uh you know this is bigfoot knows karate well this is you know a um uh, 
Jersey Devil that does Krav Maga or something. Oh yeah, like yeah. That, you don't want to make it like too wonky. Like after that. a while, it's it's just kind of like cheesy, yeah. and you don't want right. to fucking go too hard in the cheese. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, however, right. we do have a um a chupacabra with a shotgun. Oh, that's, because <laughs> that's and, and we we had so much fun with that. I I love that character. I really do. And I've had so much fun just kind of um, go like I have plans for him if we mm-hmm. can get to it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to say too much. But. That's all awesome. I know we're focused on um, on this issue and, and what's going on. But I did have a question moving forward. Yeah, certainly. Is when is Bigfoot going to team up with Sheep Squash? Oh my god! The fuck is sheep squash? You had to mention oh. crypt- you mentioned cryptids, dude, and this is like the one. Oh, cryptid. I'm glad you asked. Um, oh, please sheep squash! Please Holy smokes! This uh, this bastard yep. right here. Let's see, he's known as the White Thing. Is a woolly-haired cryptid reported across numerous counties <laughs> in Western Virginia. So there's an Alabama White Thing, T H A N G. Really? Yes. Yes. And just so everyone knows, Sheep Squatch showed up in the Fallout video games as well. Wow. So my, uh, I have an eight-year-old who, uh, uh, please look up Shirime, S-H-I-R-I-M-E. Um, my eight-year-old is fascinated with cryptids. Like, she has a stuffed um, um, Mothman. She loves Mothman. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh, so there, there's a Japanese uh, folklore called a shirime, and she was talking about it in the car one day. And essentially, it's a um, <laughs> it's the Japanese butthole monster. He has an eye in his butthole. <laughs> that is amazing. And she was like, "Could you put a shirime in your comic?" And I was like, <laughs> "I don't know what's a shirime." She's like. It's- this monster with a butthole with in his eye an eyeball in his butthole. Oh I was like, my God. um, I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? Long <laughs> ago, a samurai was walking at night down the road to Kyoto when he heard someone calling out for him to wait. Who's there? He asked nervously. Only to turn around and find a man stripping off his clothes and pointing his bare buttocks at the flabbergasted traveler. A huge glittering eye then opened up where the man where the strange man anus should have been. This is like somebody just made this shit up on Wiki. Like, like I can I'll write a, I'll write an origin story here. There's a guy walking on a road and he met this other guy. Okay, Mike, hell? you're the PC gamer here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, on April 1st, 2023, yeah. the PC game Shrine, The Curse of Butai was released. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. So, my wife and I are terrified. You know how in um, in horror movies, there's like a trope of like, you know, there's a parent-teacher conference and the teacher's like, little Billy has been drawing, been drawing pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they open up the file and it's like, like disturbing. Yeah. It's going to happen to us and the teacher's going to open up a file and it's going to be Japanese butthole monsters. So <laughs> There it is. Oh my god. Yeah. What so, the hell? There you go, Mike. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Very lovely. I so, play this tonight. Have I'm so glad we're about to get taken off of YouTube. <laughs> if three dollars, but four dollars. Oh, four dollars. I mean, that's, that's a, a steal, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's cheaper than like a, a prime energy drink. Yeah, it really is. I might like, I should just play it tonight. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> oh my God. um God forbid you guys flip through a future issue of Bigfoot Nose Karate and you see a Japanese butthole monster, you can thank my eight year old. All right, yeah. Yeah. Back to the back to the task at hand. We can't. We can only look at yeah, yeah. monsters for so long, Chris. <laughs> That's amazing. Sorry, I got uh, ADDM easily distracted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You bring so, up all whole monsters, and I'm in. Just for oh, ju- yeah. just for the listeners and the viewers, the the Kickstarter campaign is going on right now. It is. You guys, you guys are already funded, right? But it's there's still. I mean, we got, should should still be backing, right? Ab- I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So we're gonna um we're gonna start adding like. Uh, things to sweeten the deal when mm-hmm. we get 4000. Okay. Uh we're right now we're at 3092. Okay. Um but we have plans. We got for big like, plans for stretch goals and stuff. Um exactly. Yeah, we yep. we have stretch goals and right now like I mean the digital edition is $4. We wanted you to be able to uh to get it and check it out and read it. I think $4 is a fair price for a digital. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um I've seen people charge 10. I'm like, no, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and this is just a standard, like for the standard edition is, is 24 pages mm-hmm. um, for the deluxe edition. I think it's going to be you know, at least uh, 10 more pages um, because we have a bunch of fan art that we're going to publish in the back of it. So oh, that's cool. Uh, one thing that is, we were crazily not prepared for when we started this series was that people just like drawing Bigfoot and karate. Um, yeah. I mean the, so when I first came into the fold, I kept seeing, uh, Dan price, who is the, uh, the, you know, creator of the, uh, the series. Mm -hmm. I kept seeing him draw these pictures of this, um, Bigfoot doing, you know, karate poses or whatever. And, I was like, what is this? And when are you going to get started on an actual book? And he was like, I'm tossing ideas around. And his, his forte was really like uh, comedy mm-hmm. and satire. And uh, he was kind of tossing around. He couldn't make it fit. And he was like, you know what? I want to do something that isn't really in my wheelhouse. And we described the first few issues as um, Bigfoot knows karate is a combination of Godzilla versus Kong and Kill Bill. Mm. And I I think it's a nice marriage between those. Um, Surprisingly less foot fetish stuff than than Kill Bill. (laughs) Than Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but we um yeah yeah that the whole thing was just a marriage of of those two um uh influences it's awesome well it's funny i remember when i talked to dan i think it was for issue one we had him on the show mm-hmm. and one of the things i brought up was i thought his art had a very samurai jack influence to it absolutely mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure he told me that he did not enjoy that show or he didn't watch that show or something like that well see the the thing about dan and i are the, like like dan is i think is 45 46 mm-hmm. um and i'm i'm 41 we didn't grow up with that around us oh, okay. and then um 
we had somebody do some fan art. Speaking of fan art, they did a a mashup of Bigfoot Knows Karate with Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was funny because, you know, you said that and then we saw the fan art. And we're like, holy crap. OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's when I see something like that and when I hear comparisons, I'm like, that's cool. I'm never going to watch that because I don't want it to influence Right. Where we go. And right. I surely don't want to, um, you know, kind of unconsciously like drift off in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. We, we try to keep it original. We try to keep it, uh, you know, we have influences, but I, I don't want those influences to, um, to soak into, uh, to the story. Right. Yeah. But I think where I was going with that was uh, because of that art style and especially so I'm a little bit younger than you, but that I line up perfectly with that show where I grew up watching that show. And uh, that's also same person, same creator did Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, that show as well. So that art style and everything, it just fits really well with our age group and the not to say his art is simplistic, but his design is fairly simplistic for Bigfoot. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really, that's actually perfect because then people can do fan art like that very easily. Right. And create these cool things. So that, that's probably is a big part of it that his style and how he designed Bigfoot lends itself to people trying to do fan art. Yeah. yeah it, it's super fun. Like, so Dan, Dan's artwork. So, he does everything digitally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I say that he does it without a stylus and instead like with his finger on the screen like this, I'm not shitting you. It's, I love <laughs> watching crazy. him work. It's crazy. That's awesome. Um, and he, like I've seen other things that he's done with like completely different styles. And it, mm-hmm. it breaks my brain how he can kind of veer from, you know, one style of art to another uh, and keep it consistent um so it, it's really fun seeing what he chooses to do and uh how he goes about it in in the main series and one thing that we want to do if bigfoot knows karate Hinnegon is as successful as we want it to be um in between each issue of the main series because Dan and I both work. We both have jobs. I work in the medical industry. Mm-hmm. He works for a uh, magazine. Uh, so he's a graphic designer by trade. So in between those issues, I'm going to be doing stories with other artists. Uh, and as folks that we want to see get out there. Mm-hmm. Like folks that we think need to be noticed. Um, Adam Caswell, the artist on Hinnegon is definitely one of those guys. We're like, holy shit, this guy's super talented. He needs to be seen. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's the, uh, what is it? Um, I think it's from Ecclesiastes. It's like, don't hide your light under a bushel. Like don't, you know, hide your talent we want folks to to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. 
also like there's no biblical take on bigfoot nose karate i just want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right right exactly yep well let's real quick let's go through all, all your tiers so we talked a little bit you got the digital edition here you can get the regular print comic uh, cover um you've got a digital catch-up tier um, yes yeah and that shit's rad dude you can yeah. look at all of the bigfoot uh books mm-hmm. and hinnagon for only 12 bucks like yeah, that's that is awesome fucking do that shit that's rad yeah andy Mon- Bloor did a deluxe cover that's 15 bucks andy Bloor is a super talented um uh artist from mary old england and uh i he man when i say that he sweated on getting this cover right to his specifications he sent us about four different takes on the uh Hinnagon cover and he's like what about this one and he was like oh i hate this and it was put it was it was gold it was gold yeah, yeah. and he's like i'll be right back and he sent he'd send us another one and um so he is super hard on himself as an artist which i think is kind of uh it's kind of embedded into uh the brain of an artist um pages aren't completed as much as they're abandoned because they're exhausted these people go to work every day and bang their head up against a wall you know trying to pass through and sometimes they do but a lot of the time they're just like it's a thick fucking wall (laughs) my head hurts this is done um so yeah andy bloor is a super talent and uh, i love this cover it's also, I think, important to uh, mention. Yeah, it's a little more expensive for the variant cover here, but it is the deluxe edition, and you're also getting mini prints with it as well, which I don't think you were getting with. Yeah, you're not getting with the regular cover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting extras as well. You're not just paying more for a absolutely. And and we've done some inc- some super cool extras in the past, like stickers and bookmarks, and you know just fun stuff like that. I don't oh, know awesome. where you can yeah. see that. Yep. Um, so we, we love doing stuff like that. Um, and if y'all don't get them, uh, here's what's going to happen. My $2 will put the Bigfoot Nose Karate stickers and buttons on their book bags and uh, on their water bottles. So um, get them before my kids get them. <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> That's awesome. You've got a blank variant here. Uh, pretty standard. I mean, a lot of places yeah, blank yeah, yep. I think the early bird stuff's done by the time this goes out. Another deluxe foil edition. Great. Nice. That you showed earlier. You have us uh, sitting next to you. Um, Who did that cover? Uh, that is Dennis Valencia. Dennis Valencia yes. is, a again, a super talent. He is flipping amazing um go out uh dr valencia on um instagram track his stuff down because he is just bonkers good yeah Yeah. it's It's gold foil so it's shiny oh yeah oh man yeah it's not microwave safe so (laughs) god forbid you want to heat up your nachos from takeout or whatever like don't don't do that yeah but if you want a microwave safe comic, just get the any other version. But that yeah. one don't no, yes. safe. Physical catch up tier, pretty standard. Um yes. all the covers we got there. Yep. Early Can I say before. something about the physical catch up tier? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Specifically, yeah. like so Dan, I, I mentioned before Dan works for a, a magazine. Mm-hmm. Dan is freaking 
super knowledgeable about not only, you know, what goes inside a comic, mm-hmm. but presentation and the tactile feeling of a comic. And when I say that, you know, pulling these comics out and reading them is a treat, I'm not being silly. It's he, he makes sure that the, the paper's right. Everything is, you know, he sweats over it. He really stresses out over it. And then at the end of it, we know that we're putting out a fantastic product. So if you're into the tactile feel of reading a comic, you're not going to be let down. Uh, I remember a, a few weeks ago, my wife ordered a, com- um, not a comic, a book. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, she didn't read comics. She didn't even read my comics, but um, <laughs> she, uh, she was reading a book and she was like, I fucking hate this book. I was yeah. like, Why? She was like, the paper feels like garbage. And I was like, that is a weird thing to, to be hung up on. Right. But then she handed it to me. I was like, Oh, I get it. I totally yeah, get mm-hmm. it. It feels like crap. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you don't want something that feels gross in your hands. Right. Right. Um, this one, I mean, you could, again, you could put it in the microwave, heat up your food, and it doesn't feel gross. <laughs> if you have any other uses for a comic. I, I would take the staples out first, though, guys. Yeah, take the staples out. Absolutely. Good, just, a, just a disclaimer. Good idea. Take the staples good idea. out. Got a retailer pack. <laughs> sketch commission. Uh, sketch nice. commission. Who's doing the sketch? So, um, let's see. Is It's either Dan or... Uh, Adam, no, that's Adam. Adam Caswell. Adam Caswell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Adam Caswell, again, the, the interior artist is doing the sketch covers. Um, and again, he is a madman. So you're going to get over a hundred dollars worth of, um, art of art because yeah. he doesn't know when to stop and <laughs> we'll, we'll li- physically have to restrain him to get him away from your cover. If you get the, the physical awesome. sketch cover. Somebody out there that has more money than me do this and uh, make him do the butthole monster because I want to see him do the butthole monster. <laughs> no, oh man, he'll, he'll do it too. He'll yeah. do it. That's he loves adding in things. This no, tier right here, the 165 uh, Lesser Known Comics Physical Starter Pack. If you guys are unfamiliar with Lesser Known Comics, they are a comics imprint that is just a bunch of guys like Dan and myself that are doing things independently. And um, some of the most talented indie creators out there. And um, they have a ton of great books. So if you ever want to check out lesserknowncomics.com, you can buy uh, past issues of Bigfoot Knows Karate. Eventually you'll be able to get Hinnegan on there. Um, but they, they also have a ton of their own comics. And uh, these guys are super good. Uh, if you buy this starter pack, you're going to get more than $165 worth of value. Because And th- it, we've actually had a few people take us up on this offer. It's, it's really nice. good. That's awesome. Can I ask you, though? Um, I saw when I was going through this earlier, I saw this and this one jumped out to me. Um, not just because, like, you know, a lot of books and a lot of different creators and everything here. Why no digital version of this? You know, I, I don't know. We should probably think about that, huh? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good suggestion. Yeah, mm. yeah, that might be that might be uh, in on the next Kickstarter we do because that is a good idea. There you go. For the awesome. mostly Just, digital people like me, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
yeah no yeah, i'm just yeah. i'm just thinking out of space yeah yeah i don't have space right now <laughs> well make a new space but yeah i'm just thinking there's a ton of digital people and even with some of these uh I, i'll do a few uh kickstarter things and just do digital even though i'm more of a physical just because space like mike said like there's so much oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and if it was something like this where I'm not sure about them and I, I would assume it'd be a little bit cheaper digitally too. Um, it, it's a cool way to like check out a bunch of different stuff. But then you got the, the best thing right at the bottom there, Chris, the, uh, the championship belt. belt, the championship belt, you, you know, somebody has already gotten that belt. Yeah. Um, I figured. We, we had like, <laughs> I, I thought it was just going to go nowhere. Uh, I have another person who's messaged me saying like, you know, I think I'm gonna get that belt. Get the, yeah, get the belt. Get the belt. <laughs> get it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, when, uh, here's the deal. I thought Dan was a, a nutbag for ordering a Bigfoot does karate wrestling belt. Yeah, and he's taking it to get conventions with him. And That's amazing folks, folks like the belt, man. They want to get a picture in the belt. Yeah. So, um, he decided to offer it as a tier, and um it cracks me up because people are into it. So it's yeah. awesome. It's really awesome. That's like, yeah. so it's a nice looking belt, man. It is. It came out great with the art on there and everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could not have asked for a better looking, um, comic book belt, <laughs> <laughs> comic book wrestling belt. Yeah. It does exactly. come signed as well. Are oh, you signing sorry. it or is it just Dan? Uh, it, it'll be Dan. It'll be Dan. Yeah. See, Dan is out in Austin, Texas. And oh yeah. I'm out in, uh, the wild wilderness of uh, Alabama, yeah, North Central Alabama. I like here too that I mean, yeah, it's the belt and it's you know it's the pricey tier, but you throw in all, all the, the covers, books. yeah, you're still all the books, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. with it. Like it's yeah. not just the belt and like the the A cover. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're not gonna let you go home with just the belt. Like we we want you to fuck. We want you to read the book. We want <laughs> yeah. you to like. We don't want you just the, have a wrestling belt. For a exactly, and and there are a few tiers we have where it's like you have like the um, the foil edition, and then we'll send a regular edition with it because you know we we know some people are super picky about their comics and you know they they're like oh i don't want this to get dented up or whatever mm-hmm. well right. you know we give you the standard edition as well nice. um i'm like i'm totally not a collector as much as i'm like i like to read them right um yeah, exactly so awesome i think all those tiers are really really cool i mean you guys are already funded but there's still like a lot almost a month left so absolutely yeah yeah i mean we funded we funded fairly quickly um, and we, uh, we want to keep this party going. We want to, uh, we want to get folks jazzed about the series. And I think this is a good entry point to kind of see what we're capable of. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, if, if they like the character, if they like what's happening, uh, this series isn't going to be a shock to them, mm-hmm. this, you know, cause they'll have read the Hinnagon and go like, Oh, like this guy's like, this guy's been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and awesome. you you mentioned earlier just one last thing uh, that if you hit four thousand, there was like a stretch goal in mind. Have you hit any of the stretch goals yet? And and where does that begin for you? Is it the four thousand? Uh, I believe it's four thousand. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, it. I'll have to talk with Dan about it. Um, 
I think we're we're planning on four thousand. Um, it might be something smaller than that, like thirty five hundred. Um, but with our past um, Kickstarter campaigns we've done, uh, we've had like we've reached like several goals mm -hmm. and like the pins that we did i was super pleased with how those turned out yeah um just you know like just a round pin with uh with benny on it and um let's see if i can oh yeah you can see it cool yeah, i thought it was pretty badass yeah that's so, pretty nice. cool and yeah. we actually have t-shirts with with that logo on there that's one awesome. thing um about benny is that if he gets hit, like we didn't want it to be where like it magically disappears the next issue or like mm -hmm. three panels he's, later. He's still got the marks. We want him to, yeah, we want him to get scarred off. We want him to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and because I, I think that stuff matters. Mm -hmm. And it's to me, it's fun just seeing how like he's kind of our our guy to just get to fuck up <laughs> yeah till the end of the series he's like, a punching bag exactly i hope yeah. i never meet him in person because he'll, <laughs> he'll be pissed at me yeah <laughs> what'd you do to my face dude yeah, um, yeah. awesome casey this, this is great uh you know bigfoot knows karate on kickstarter right now and uh if we want to send our listeners viewers to follow you or any social medias you got going on where can we send them for that so um i have the dumbest um handle and on the planet because right. i never ones. yeah I, I never considered that i you know anyone might want to look me up <laughs> um and so my uh my handle i based on my ideas of mid-aughts indie rock which was uh robots eat guitar wow. so um because every everybody was kind of going into like you know grimy almost dancey yeah indie rock yep yep uh with like dfa and bands like that mm -hmm. bands on that label so um yeah uh robots eat guitar i'm on twitter i'm on blue sky or yeah i'm on fucking x whatever, x, whatever it's called yeah. edge lord ass site um <laughs> fuck that guy i hate him so bad um so I'm, I'm on there. I'm on blue sky, which is, you know, hopefully it's building up. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but really that's just me posting pictures about uh, my family and being a dad. And that's how I look to see who is fatter than me from high school. Like that's, that's really it. <laughs> that's, man. that's a real, that's a real useful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I post pictures of, you know, me and my family and I'm like, Oh wow. He's, his wife is really hot to for him to get such a big sack of shit. But um that's all so that's yeah, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. I'm so on threads, whatever oh. fucking joke ass site that is. Yeah, I don't know. Is yeah. that even still around? Who knows? I mean it is, and I I've been trying to update it, but I mean it's like I don't know, it might catch on. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, one day. Yeah, but I'm I'm just I'm waiting around for the eventual death of Twitter because ugh, there's so many gross things happening on there. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you my feelings on that afterwards. But everybody, make sure you go follow uh, Casey on all the social medias. And as you know, 
look in the show notes for the links to all the websites we talked about. Most importantly, the Kickstarter campaign. Absolutely. Go check out Bigfoot Nose Karate. Casey, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with us. It was a blast. Man, thank you so much for having me. Also, can I say one more thing? Um, yeah. Thecomicjam.com. We're always looking for folks that might want to learn about comics, might want to learn about making comics. Uh, come on. Uh, send us a message via our social media. We are on X and mm -hmm. you know Facebook and Instagram. So hit us up there. I'll, I'll eventually have a Blue Sky set up. Um, but uh, we love making comics. We love learning about comics and it's just good people. Uh, I try to make, make it so that if anybody comes in and they're like an asshole, like I'm, I'm the only asshole allowed in the comic. <laughs> there you um, go. I nice. will boot you out with a heartbeat. If you know, you're, you say awful things. So yeah, yep. good. And that link will also be in the show notes. So make sure to check awesome. it out. Thank you guys so much, man. Yeah. Chris, I hope you get to feeling better, buddy. And we're back. We're back. Bigfoot knows karate. Hinnegan one shot and chapters one and two on Kickstarter now. Almost a month to go, so it's already uh, beat its goal. So uh, go hit it up. Check out all the all the great stuff that's going on. Y'all know it's a solid book. So yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, it's in the title. The art's amazing. So what are you waiting for? Uh, comic <laughs> news, probably. That's probably what they're waiting for. Remember from like a few episodes ago when I made that reference? What are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was from Scary Movie, everybody. Scary Movie, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, right, I, I almost I, made the reference again. I was, yeah. I was just thinking about it. That's my. That's going to be my... Uh, I'm going to probably watch that one next for Halloween movies because I haven't watched the first one in a long time. I'm going to rewatch those because I remember the first two were really great. I yeah. think the third one was still good. Then the fourth. But the fourth, I think, is when they went off the rails. Yeah. It's not good anymore. Uh, Marvel made some announcements about what we'll be revealing at New York Comic Con in a few weeks. Holy shit, it's a few weeks for New York Comic Con. Uh, we got names for the series and creative teams, but titles, uh, but little to no details, as they will be discussed more at the Marvel's next big thing panel. They are as follows, Chris. Avengers Twilight by writer Chip Zdarsky and artist Daniel Acuna. So, all right. Acuna. Sorry, I didn't see the apostrophe on there. So, uh, yes. I just got words on pretty much all of these. So, we'll take yeah. them one on one. Um, I'm always down for more Avengers. Yeah. And it's really nice to see that, as I knew, but I knew there's a lot of discourse about Chip going over to DC and a lot of these creators like doing stuff at DC. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're seeing in the modern landscape is there's little to no exclusive contracts at the big two anymore. So for chip to right. kind of be bouncing back and forth and doing something at Marvel again, just makes me happy because it's my favorite writer working with my, you know, my favorite characters as much as I love what he's doing, Batman and over mm -hmm. DC it's dude. It's, I mean, chip with the Avengers. Fuck. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. I can't wait to figure out what it is. Yeah. Cause the twilight's a new thing unless they're all like vampires. I'm wondering because remember when Chip did the Justice League book that was like set in the future? It was like the last Justice League thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd, I'm wondering if like he made a similar pitch for the Avengers, and that's what this is because you know Twilight kind of hints to like the twilight of their career. I'm wondering if it's like the final Avengers mission. It's like a you know alt 
timeline thing. I'm still hoping for romantic vampires, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm not, but <laughs> I'd like I'd like to see. It depends. If uh if we bring back uh it should just be Blade. It should be a romance comic about Blade and uh Rogue. There you go. I don't know if Rogue is still a vampire or not, but if we can just retcon all this stuff. It's comics, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And that's the whole book. Yep. And they just put Avengers in there because they knew it'd sell more. Oh hell yeah, of course it will. <laughs> Resurrection of Magneto by writer Al Ewing and artist Luciano Vecchio. Uh, yeah, Magneto's back. I, this one I got little to say because I'm not the next guy, but you know, yeah, uh, people like Magneto. And uh, just in time for the next two titles, Mike. Yeah, this, this makes sense. Fall of the House of X by writer Jerry Dugan and artist Lucas Wernick. And then Rise of Powers of X by Kieran Gillen and artist R.B. Silva. So more X books coming your way. This is supposed to be the end of the Crowan era of X Men. Mm. So the fall is the end. Rise of the powers is like what's to come. I guess interesting. That's what people are thinking. Because if we all remember House of X, Powers of X, is what started the whole Hickman Krakoa thing. Yeah. So that's what everybody's thinking. Like that's what he's going to be. If that's the case, I might just pick them up just to have a bookend to that. Mm-hmm. Because I did follow it for a while, and then yeah, fell you did. off. Yeah, um, and I'll be interested to see what they do, like how, because that's a tough one to come out of, man. Like that, what Hickman did with the X Men was like world shifting, mm-hmm. and there's a, I mean, if you put it in real world perspective, can you imagine if I don't know Germany had like all the cures to everything? but was yeah. like, we'll only give it to you if you do these things for us. Right. And then all of a sudden it went away. Like, we'd all be fucking pissed at Germany. Oh, hell yeah, we would. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't see things getting better for the mutants after all this, if uh, yeah. all that goes away. But, yeah, it's only, only going to get worse. So, it would be interesting. And this one that we speculated, Chris was right, uh, what Jonathan Hickman will be writing. Ultimate Spider-Man with Marco Cicchetto doing the art. So that's uh the graphic at the top though kind of looks like a like a spider dick almost. Yep, I I didn't Sorry. see that until you said it. Sorry, I had to ruin that, but everybody watching a video, it just looks like a <laughs> <laughs> that's what I immediately thought I'm like wow, it's very phallic with legs. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, I just blew Chris's mind, everybody. Sorry. But, uh, okay, Hickman's writing Spider-Man, and you called it. So what do you think? So it makes sense that the Ultimate Universe comes back with Spider-Man. Like, yeah. that's the Ultimate Universe started with Spider-Man. Um, it's, it only makes sense that we bring it back with Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, Hickman's writing it. Hickman's been the architect to all this. And, dude, Marco Cinchetto doing the art. Yeah. I loved his art in uh, the Daredevil run he did with uh, Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man has a very similar feel and how his like his poses and everything. So I think it's a really great artist to team up there. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see more, see what's what it's all about. I mean, this can't be the only ultimate book coming. Yeah, there's got to be more. Yeah. And uh, I think next week is the last issue of Ultimate Invasions. Mm. So I'm just really intrigued with what's going on because reading ultimate invasions there's no hint towards like a new universe it's just like this weird story where the maker's going nuts mm-hmm. so 
how they bring it all back and how they do it. It's, it's all interesting to me and I, I'm excited for it. So uh, Saturday, October 14th, I guess I will be tuned into the next big thing panel. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, hopefully they'll live stream them like they do sometimes. Yeah, they usually do. If, if they do, when they do, um, I'll be watching it. No doubt. So yeah, I'm excited for this. I, I mean, sight unseen, it's a day one purchase. Mm-hmm. but uh, I'll be interested to see the, the broader scope. It's also been making me think a lot. I don't know how much you know about this, Mike, but behind the scenes, the ultimate stuff was actually like, so if you read what Donnie was doing through Venom and everything, mm-hmm. and then even through part of his uh, Hulk run, uh, the maker was playing a part of things. Like he was being set up for things. And this whole ultimate initiative was donnie's like Mm. he was supposed to be the one to helm this and then obviously had the accident and things have gone the way they've gone interesting yeah there's an alternate universe where we got instead of getting jonathan hickman's ultimate universe we get donnie kate's ultimate universe yeah which i don't know which one i would prefer but it's just an interesting thought experiment we know johnny or johnny kate's we know donnie kate's would his would get to the point a lot quicker That's the one thing, but like Hickman's, Hickman's, it'll reveal itself after like forty issues. Hickman's, Hickman's will be fun because there's, there's definitely more of an overarching, yeah, for plan. Sure. Where mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know how Donnie works on and those. He's yeah, never had know. the chance to work in that big That's thing. True. Like, yeah, I think even, well, I mean, you could say Venom. Uh, when you did mm-hmm. Venom, that did lead to something big. But that's true. He did a big arc there. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thought experiment that there was an alternate universe where Donnie was the one helming all yeah, this and not right, Hickman. Right. Um, Marvel's got some more stuff going on. They're reprinting, Chris, more classic ROM issues. Hell yeah. With the newest uh, being titled ROM and the X-Men Marvel Tales number one. It'll collect tales from ROM 17, 18, 31, 32, showcasing ROM's first encounters with the X-Men and the Children of Adam. There we go, Chris. Okay, give me all the ROM reprints, all of them. Yeah, this is awesome. I I'm so happy that like ROM's back and the the like, even if it's just reprints, I'm just so happy that he's back in like the public consciousness and in, in comics that yes. I can get all these reprints with a Marvel title on like logo yeah. on it. And that giant ass Hasbro, they had to make the Hasbro one bigger. Oh yeah, Marvel. licensed by Hasbro. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you can have Marvel on there as long as the Hasbro logo is twice as big. <laughs> I'm still convinced somewhere down the line that he's getting his own series at Marvel. Like, I know oh, I yeah. was wrong when it came to San Diego, but I will not be shocked. I, I won't be shocked if we get it in New York, but I won't be shocked at some point if there is an announcement that even if it's just five issues or something. Yeah. Like, they're going to continue the uh, original run or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'm. I'll be picking this up, even though I'm pretty sure I own these issues. <laughs> well, now you have them better quality. Uh, Marvel is continuing its trend of one-shot comics that show the future of their brands with Star Wars this December. Nice. Uh, bringing back Star Wars Revelations this year again with a new issue that will showcase the future of the brand, much like they do with Marvel Timeless one-shots. This issue will feature creators like Mark Guggenheim, Charles Soule, Greg Pak, Mark Bernardin, Sweet, Alyssa Wong, Awesome, Kevin Scott, and many more. So... This is kind of like a stepping stone for the direction they're going. 
Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, like we, like you said with Timeless, it's kind of like Timeless. Or... Oh, shit. Is that Mace Windu? Oh, uh, that, that is Mace Windu. Oh, shit. We get a Mace Windu Sorry. book? Um, You can see Mace Windu. You can see uh, a Thrawn right there. Yeah. You can see a, a lot going on here. Uh, And the fact that Job is at the center. Oh, true. Yeah, he's a big I fat face. I think this hints that we're moving past uh return of the jedi soon mm. um right now we're still in between um empire and jedi and the like the main stock of comics uh-huh. and i will not be surprised if we get some sort of announcement that the the relaunch is coming and they're going to start telling stories past return of the jedi uh i believe i mean to be fair, I mean, right here is definitely an old Republic or I'm sorry, High Republic book. Uh, you still got Luke with the yellow lightsaber here. Uh-huh. So uh, in the comics, he has the yellow lightsaber. He's building up to the green. So obviously there's something there's a hint there that I'm wrong, but I still believe uh, Mace Windu. That makes me think they've been doing these one like solo books like the mm-hmm. Yoda recently. They did Obi-Wan. I think Mace Windu is going to get one. And we're definitely going to get a Thrawn tie-in book with everything that's going on with uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, for sure. The only thing I'm shocked by here is that we never have gotten an Ahsoka book. And I can't believe that they still haven't greenlit an Ahsoka series. But Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. But yeah. there's. I think the Star Wars line has been really solid. And uh, I'm, I'm Obviously, I'll be picking this up. I pick up all the Star Wars books, and uh, I'm excited for them. Yeah, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. I like Jabba's doofy face here, though. Yeah, I know. With like the drool, they kept the drool and everything yeah. <laughs> right on the front. Uh, Marvel's 20th Century Fox imprint announced a new Planet of the Apes series called Beware the Planet of the Apes. The series will act as a prequel to the original movie written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Alvaro Lopez. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously excited here. So, this woman here is the woman from the first movie. Okay. Who he runs into. And uh, you can see classic, dude, classic, like style classic. apes. Yeah. Dude, I love it. Uh, this is what I've been waiting for since they announced it. I enjoyed the other Planet of the Apes series that took place like during the new movies. Mm-hmm. But, dude, the classic style, the old apes movies are just where it's at so i'm glad to see them jumping into that territory and uh yeah i'll be picking this up 100 yeah it's cool uh boom studios announces this week they're releasing a one-shot comic as part of the rl stein stuff of nightmare stuff of nightmare series titled stuff of nightmares sleigh ride number one this comic will be of course written by rl stein with art by uh pius bach as the title hints the comic will be a horror story centered around santa claus and there it is santa with a chainsaw uh yeah i'll probably be reading this have you been reading any of the stuff nightmares no i i keep seeing it pop up and i gotta start grabbing it because i do love that shit so i will be picking it up i do recommend it i read a bunch of them i haven't um oh that's creepy i'm not caught up to them but they're like uh creep show style where like you have a character who introduces the the plot Uh uh-huh and they tell like these little mini stories that's cool so this is obviously one little christmas yeah this is my favorite one right here. What the hell? It's a Jai Lee cover. Yeah, right that now, is actually a, 
That's probably one of the first Jai Lee covers I've enjoyed. What the, <laughs> what is that? Is he riding a zombie reindeer? What the? F- it's I don't know. It's yeah. this is for me. This is like what Jai Lee should be doing. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, he's perfect for the style, but yeah, the stuff Nightmare books are fun, and uh, it's cool to see Arl Stein doing something again. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Like yeah, I mean, comic books. So, uh, I'm excited. Well. We yeah. probably won't have to pick it up because Boom will probably send me a copy. But sure, sure. <laughs> I'll be in, it'll be fun to uh, read it. Thanks, Boom. Uh, Rick Remender, best known for his work at Marvel on characters like Captain America, and of course Frankencastle, as well as his greener own stuff like Deadly Class and Black Science. I've read all Black Science. Has announced this week that decline that he declined exclusive contracts with Marvel and DC to instead sign a deal with Image Comics. To continue work on creator-owned titles. There you go, folks. Um, I think honestly, Remender's best stuff is probably his creator-owned. I mean, just reading Black Science. I know you've you've probably re- re- read his Captain America stuff. I know you love Frankencastle, uh, but his Black Science series is really freaking good. His uh, Captain America run is good. It's mm-hmm. not the best. But I did enjoy it, and uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, Hivemind did with their most recent run actually mm-hmm. came from Remender's run with Dimension Z and all that. So I okay. did like what they did there with Dimension Z and all that stuff. But, Mike, I just have to... You're wrong about his best stuff being his independent yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know you love you love, And Frank. it's because of this dude right here. Frank and um, it is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, just, I, have to I love that. Frank and Castle, man. So stupid, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so goofy. I re- I really want to read Deadly Class though. I've heard Deadly Class is uh good stuff. Yeah. Um Black Science I couldn't get into personally. I tried yeah. the first like three or four issues and I just couldn't. I think I have most of the volumes on my bookshelf here. Yeah. Volume but I've heard Deadly Class really good. I've heard some of the other stuff, and it's interesting to see. I didn't like personally the way he came out and did it. Like I could have done X Men or Batman, but I'm gonna yeah. Like, dude, we get it. <laughs> like, we get it. You're a big name in comics. You don't need yeah. to toot your own horn. And I don't blame you for betting on yourself and for wanting to like reap the rewards of like I get it. Like 100 percent, go for it. Just like, can we not be so smug about it? Is all I ask. Yeah. Like. Because I, I personally like, enjoy that stuff, and if it wasn't for that stuff, dude, you wouldn't have a career. So and, I and get people, DC Marvel fucks creators over constantly. I right. understand that, but but like, and the people that only know who you are and are into comics and like read these statements, you don't need to say shit like that. You know, like come on, we know who you are, dude. Yeah, and he's not the only creator that does this. A lot of creators now are doing it. And it just it rubs me the wrong way because it's I don't know it understand i understand that there's two sides to the story that marvel and dc both need to work on how they treat their creators 100 mm-hmm. percent. that's a fact there's also the idea that it's very rare and i know that there's probably a few we could name but truly name creators who you know that didn't make it big in Marvel DC first. Yeah, I mean, besides if the indie people. Yeah. Eastman Laird? Yeah, right. And even they eventually went there because they loved it so much. <laughs> well, I guess Jim Lee, right, for 
Image Comics. Jim Lee went to Batman first. Yeah, he did go to Batman first. Mm. Yeah. All the Image uh, guys worked at Marvel and DC first. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's somebody out there, but they're the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So just understand where your bread is buttered. And still yeah. fight for creator rights and everything. Just don't act so smug as all I ask. Yeah, don't be a but, smug yeah. bastard. But I'll be interested to see what he announces coming out of this. Yeah. Because I think he was working for, like, Hollywood or something. Yeah, doing, like, script writing or some shit. Yeah, that's what I thought he was doing. Of course, I've been mixing him up a fraction a lot this week. Because oh, yeah. I, I kept thinking that he was the writer for uh, Sex Criminals. I'm like, no, wait, no, that's, that's Fraction. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, all right, let's talk about what we read this week. Uh, Can I start I, with something real quick, Mike? Yeah, yeah. This came out this week. ROM number one facsimile edition. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Mike. Well, yeah. There's also oh, a there's one. a foil. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to go to the comic shop and find one. <laughs> Dude, I love when they do those, because they did one for Hulk, too. The first appearance of Wolverine, I think, the Hulk issue. So I'm a sucker, because I ordered, I ordered a facsimile edition. I was like, I got to have one, you know? Yeah. And then the the owner brought in two copies, those two copies, right? Because I'm the yeah. only person who buys ROM stuff. Yeah. So I'm the only person with taste. Uh-huh. Uh, of course. <laughs> and he's like, did you know there was a second cover? And I was like, I go, oh, there was? I said, but it's not the Frank Miller cover, so what do I care? And he goes, no, 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 no. It's still the Frank Miller cover. And he pulls it out, and it's a shiny one. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Frank Miller. No, it is. It is the Frank Miller. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, now I want to go get one, too. because I don't. Yeah, I, don't I just wanted want to share that before we went forward. Yeah, that makes me want it. Uh, you, I hope you read this this week. Green Lantern War Journal, number one. Oh fuck yeah, I did. Philip Kennedy Johnson and months on the art. Uh this I think this lived up to the hype for us. At least I would hope so. Um <laughs> we got, you know, uh yes, there it is. John Stewart Green Lantern. Uh he's home on Earth living with his mother who has some sort of dementia. Um and really sad that he like he like you know makes his sister reappear because we know that John doesn't need a ring. He he can make constructs on his own so he's like living with his mom making his sister reappear every night so can i just admit something here yeah i have no clue why he doesn't need a ring uh me either chris i'm just <laughs> going with it yeah i think I it was some was shit like, that happened yeah because there's in the beginning of the story it shows him with the ring but i think that was kind of a flashback thing yeah and and then yeah it, it it's yeah and then he's like, oh, I, I don't need the ring anymore. I'm like, all right, apparently that happened. I think it happened in one of the storylines before. Um, he doesn't need it. I think it, it, there was like some other storyline that I had read where he, I don't know if the power just comes from within him or something. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where like Nazi Green Lanterns came from, too. Like, apparently. Yeah. They're like, like really strict about shit now. I don't yeah. Know. Um, but either way, one of them, one of the Nazi Green Lanterns tried to attack him in his home and he like fucks him up, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then there's this new, these like radiant dead, this like light from another like world is like poisoning people like zombies and they're coming to earth. That was pretty sick. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's a Kyle or um, Guy Gardner at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a multiverse zombie war book. 
yeah. I, I really enjoyed the first issue. I want to see where where this is all going. It, it was a great issue. I mean, I don't understand a few things, but like, I'm probably gonna go to the shop this week and be like, so why doesn't he need a ring? And yeah, and then you'll find me. out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that Guy Gardner shows up at the end and he has uh Kratos's uh swords as like yeah. constructs. That was fun. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, it's a good book. And dude, that the moment with dementia is what or his uh his wife, his uh mother. Mother, yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, that was really tough to see. Man. Where he like constructs his sister for her to think that she's still alive and he doesn't explain it to her. Like Yeah. yeah. I did I know it's meant to be more serious, but it, it just it makes me laugh because I have a dark sense of humor. But when the alien comes, the like the alien the Nazi Green Lantern comes yeah. and puts him in chains and he's just like, dude, like I know you're not from around here, but you really shouldn't be putting the black man in chains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. That made me giggle a little bit. I was like, that was a jo- that was a yeah. John Stewart line for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean that's one of the reasons I love John. So yeah. it's uh it's good to have a John Stewart book that uh was good again. So yeah. World's finest nineteen. Uh, this is the um, Mark Wade, Travis Moore. This is the end of the latest uh, storyline that had like the Kryptonian, um, where the Black Batman got trapped in the Phantom Projector. Uh, he gets out. They defeat the villain um, with their teamwork, obviously, because it's world's finest. But then we find out there was somebody in when Alfred was trapped in the Phantom Zone. Uh, there was some evil guy there building this like orb to get out of the Phantom Zone, uh, which is going to be continued in Action Comics. So I don't really care about that because next month they tease. You know, next month, uh, Batman and Superman are going to journey into the world of Kingdom Come. So don't give a shit about that other storyline. <laughs> We're going to Kingdom Come, baby. So let's go. I, I was wondering if you noticed that. Oh, I noticed it. If there's Kingdom Come written on a page, I will find it. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited for that. This this series has been great. We're almost 20 issues into this. I hope Mark Wade, you know, maybe he'll wrap it up with this Kingdom Come story, but he's been doing a great job. Yeah, it's been a great series. Uh, and I'm, I am interested in where that other story goes. I am reading action. And from what I heard, uh, Mark Wade's actually writing the story in action comics. Is he? Fuck. All right. So I don't know if you, you know, but recently action's been kind of an anthology book where like okay. there's three stories going on simultaneously mm-hmm. uh one by philip kenny johnson who's the, the lead writer and then two by whoever so like in the past it had been power girl story in the back uh they did a superman story right after death of superman with mm-hmm. uh dan jurgens for a little bit then they just steal so there's always like two other stories in there with it okay and I think one of the backup stories is going to be Mark Wade doing this. Mm. So at least that's the rumor that's going around. Interesting. Yeah. So I'll be excited to see that. Kingdom Come stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll wait and see. I'm not as big of a fanboy of Kingdom Come as you are. I do love that book, but whenever they go back, it's I don't know. Just, but it's Mark Wade doing it, so we'll see. He did a really good job with the reveal earlier in the series, so that's that's why I'm hyped for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm tepidly excited for like i'm like okay this is cool i want to see like mark coming back to this thing he did a long time ago yeah um i'll be interested to see how he takes it but i'm i'm more on the metal side than you are Um, i knew you'd be stoked when i read that oh hell yeah i was like oh shit mike's like shit in his pants right now i know batman (laughs) superman book and then they go back to kingdom come what more could i want yeah 
unless crime syndicates involved then we'll then holy shit you know yeah um chapters uh six issue six of uh superman by joshua williamson and gleb uh mel melnikov on the art this is the this is joshua williamson just creating new shit hell yeah he's created this villain called the chain this is like part one of that uh you know previously lex Luthor was uh shanked in prison <laughs> i forgot about that until i saw it again <laughs> It's like, yeah, he got shanked, dude. He's like in the hospital. Uh, so while he's there, Superman has to go get help from the the Super Corp. Um, and when do in doing so, he finds out about this this box and cage that was created and buried very far under the ground, and the only people that could access it were Lex and Superman. And Superman thinks, oh, if there's somebody in there, I should just break him out, like come on boy scout really <laughs> like what I, I there was like no hesitation on his part at all um yeah I, but but i agree with the sentiment of just because luther says he's guilty doesn't mean he's guilty you know yeah, I agree. Proven yeah. guilty but yeah I do think, like, in the back of my head, I'd be like, but why would Luther do it? Should yeah. I wait for Luther to be, like, not so shanked to, like, yeah, maybe ask right, him what's right. up? Me, yeah, go at least fly to him at super speed to see what's up. Yeah, uh, that was a little weird. And the dude is really creepy looking. He's got these chains all over him. Uh, he's got these weird, I don't know, like, maybe psychokinetic powers. And then he gets uh, released. And uh, Lex Luther wakes up. But he's like, what have you done? And... Uh, yeah, it looks like this any like trapped Superman in that cage. So Superman's trapped. This new villain who seems pretty interesting is out and about. Um, and he seems to be his powers were given to him by Luther. So he obviously holds some grudge against Luther. So we'll see what that's all about. Yeah, if you want an idea of what this character looks like, think Tim Burton with a bunch of chains coming off. Yeah, true. I was going to say Sandman, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Uh, I did not get to the Guardians of the Galaxy issue this week. I don't know if you read that. I did. Do you want me to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, so this is them in the like inside of Groot. Mm-hmm. Let's call it Groot verse. Yes, and it's kind of just telling as they're in there trying to figure out whether they're dead or alive. Uh, they're going back to the moment when they feel like they failed Groot, and he uh, he becomes Groot Fall. Mm-hmm. So it's them all given their moment. So it's basically like a, a throwback story to that, and. Um, it's some sad boy comics because they all like blame themselves for what happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they kind of come out of it and they're like, well, listen, we got to finish this, blah, blah, blah. And we see outside where the group fall head is sent out again to another planet. Mm-hmm. But this time it looks like Star Lord's mask. Oh, so some fuckeries abound. Yeah, something's happening. Yeah, it was basically like, a, hey, this is. It didn't really, ex- it didn't explain Groot Fall that well in my eyes. Like I expected something more from the origin issue, but it did give like these moments where all the characters were like, "Well, this is where I failed Groot," mm-hmm. which was interesting. So that's cool. Maybe we'll get more of what actually happened with Groot Fall later on. But I thought they advertised it as "Let's go back to the beginning to explain Groot Fall," and I didn't really get that. In my opinion. Yeah. But still a decent issue. Uh, probably my least favorite issue of the bunch so far, but okay, still a good book. 
Uh, Saga 66. Um, this one doesn't really focus on the main characters. Yeah, it focuses on Gale, a character that I forgot about, uh, who is, you know, looking for the children and the mother, trying to kill them. He ends up uh, finding Gus and um, the the paparazzi guy that's with him. They're, they have that, uh, that, like, other assassin in captivity, and they basically have this conversation of, like, yeah, I could have killed her because she, uh, you know, um, but I'm trying to like train people to like not always want to kill each other or like try to teach them forgiveness. And they knock him out and lock him away and say, oh, we're going to teach him forgiveness. And that's kind of where it goes. Um, doesn't really move the, the story along. We know that Gail's going to be trapped now. We get to see more of Gus, which is cool. Love that, love that little character. But uh, a lot of... Uh, I mean, it was a good issue, but I'd still like to see the story get moved along. Listen, more. I'll never argue with more Gus. Yeah, but the fact that Gus was in this issue really saved it. If there was no Gus, I'd be sad. I have no clue what this has to do with the rest of the series. No, no clue at all. Besides the fact that somebody was probably like, hey, isn't Gale out there trying to murder everybody? And they're like, oh, shit, we should probably stop him somehow. <laughs> Yeah, like these are characters we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And I don't think we this was the time to come back to them right before you're going on a because remember, Mike, this is the last issue before the next hiatus. Uh, oh my god. That's what that's what frustrated me here was yeah. like there's no the last issue put them on this new ship where yeah. they're gonna do stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like instead of I don't know, maybe extending that a little bit or didn't we flip over to these characters we haven't seen in forever. And I don't know. We learned that like there's a rehabilitation for the, this should have been in the middle of the other issues. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I personally thought it was a weak issue. I, I think sagas really treading water in my opinion. And it's slowly heading. It's tough because what was a 66? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm almost 70 issues in. And it's hard for me to cancel book 70 issues in. It's getting closer every day, man. It's getting tough. I just, I'm not enjoying this book the way I was. And it's Ever getting to the point where. It back. And to like, I, like to take a hiatus on issue 66 where there's no clear, like, to be continued. You know what I mean? It's very it, strange. Yeah. That's the other thing. They need to do a better job of really explaining that that's what's going on. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I get giving Fiona Staples time to do the art. Although I think no, a sure. large part of these is the fact that, and get your money, Brian. But a large part of it's Brian K. Vaughn's working for Hollywood. Yeah, uh, I just think they they lost track somewhere along the way, and I personally think it's when they killed off the um, Marco. Yeah, or at least like even killing off at least bring him back after like the ten issues that we've read. Yeah, or, you know? or don't tease me for these issues. Be like, we can bring them back, and, and then, then don't, like, don't do yeah. it. Like, yeah, no. that's, that's messed up. It's like it's going in all these different directions. So we'll so. see. Uh, I think the book is scheduled to come back in February. Okay. So probably April. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah. All I'll say now is it used to be the first book off the pile to get read, and now it's one of the last. Yep, I agree with that. And that's that's pretty much all I had this week. You didn't read the final issue of Queen of Swords? No, I did not yet. I have that in uh, 
the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I haven't gotten to yet. Queen well, Swords number three was really good. Um, oh, it was okay. Uh, yeah, it, it just that's the conclusion of the whole story. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a lot of sorcery, a lot of sword action, and uh, it, as you would expect, it leads to a moment where they're gonna go back into the regular barbaric book, um, which I think is coming out in a few months here. So okay. I'm excited to get that back. I was glad I liked this book. It was good, not as good as the regular barbaric book. But the fact that they made it three issues, like in and out, mm-hmm. was perfect. Don't yeah. overstay it. Don't do overdo it. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um. So here, a few quick ones. Uh, Frank Miller's Ronin Book Two, Number Four, written and drawn by Frank Miller. Nice. Uh, good issue. I I love Ronin. Uh, if you've never read the original Ronin series, it's a must read, in my opinion. And this sets up that that original Ronin character. <laughs> it's weird Frank Miller shit, man. But <laughs> uh, the like the cyborgs that were taking over the world that he like defeated in the first one came mm-hmm. back, and now they're making like human cyborg babies with him. Okay. So there's some weird like, hey, we're taking your seed out of you moments. Oh boy. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Batman the White Knight presents Generation Joker number five. I think I have six, so we're almost done with this one. Uh, this has Neo Joker capturing the kids and taking them to the amusement park where she is. So Neo Joker, if you remember, was the the second Harley Quinn. Okay. And that's the, that's the Harley Quinn that ends up marrying Poison Ivy. Wow. Mm-hmm. The first Harley Quinn is like with Batman, kind of. Mm -hmm. And uh, she takes it to the amusement park where her and Joker like had their stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, that's where her and Ivy have been living. And she uncovers like Jack Napier's greatest sin. And he keeps trying to hide it from the kids. And the kids are finally like, listen, we know you did a bunch of screw up things as Joker, but we still love you anyways. And he just like breaks down and is like, yeah, that's the problem is this wasn't Joker. This was Jack. And it comes out and it's this robot thing. And it was his first attempt to basically become immortal through like what he's is now, which is like mm-hmm. AI and create a cyborg body. But his test subject was uh, Harvey Dent. Oh, boy. So it shows like a fucked up Harvey Dent inside this thing. And he's like tortured inside this. Yeah, so it's really messed up, but been a pretty good series actually so far. Um, it was really cool. We got to see Victor Freeze come back in this one. He hasn't been in any of them for a while. Uh, Harvey Dent, we haven't seen like since the first volume. Yeah, yeah, for a while. A lot of cool stuff. So I'm interested to see where White Knight goes moving forward. Uh, I read so much shit, Mike. <laughs> good. I've been in bed sick. Uh, Oh, so Scrapper issue three came out, uh, this book. But I also read Scrapper issue two because I forgot to pick it up when it came out. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this is a really good, fun book about a dog who has been experimented on, has this weird device that gives him powers. Um, this is the book written by Cliff Blazinski. Anybody that's in the video games knows that name. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading more about him because he has a, like an autobiography out and everything. And he's been doing a lot of stuff. Apparently, this is a thing he's been working on for a long time. 
and he's got like he wanted to start it as a comic Mm -hmm. but there's ideas to eventually make like a small indie game with it and all that so now knowing that reading the book you can see where he's like laying groundwork for like gameplay mechanics and everything it's kind of fun to look at but i like the stories telling about this big corporation they experiment on these animals we learn more about them like they experiment on raccoons first and they wiped out the raccoon population oh no and then they experiment on cats and they wiped out the cat population Yo, come and on. now they're experimenting on dogs oh so no you can see where that's heading those assholes yeah but uh, a good book i would recommend it to people it's fun it's e- quick, quick easy read conan the barbarian number three uh so Mike, this uses a fun D and D mechanic in it. That oh, it does. Enjoyed. We go into this tower with no windows. Oh boy! But it's structurally designed so that the light can go in, and you can see everywhere in it. And I found huh. that fun because in one of my recent D and D campaigns, we entered a cave like this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Conan finds his like countrymen in there and saves them. And then we find out where these like zombie things are coming from. And you guessed it, Mike. It's from a necromancer. Oh, nice. And these ne- this necromancer has like a cult. And then he has this giant like green lake of water or, you know, a Lazarus pit. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> and when they throw the people in them, they come out as these like zombie creatures. So there's like a big fight scene and everything. And the issue ends with Conan uh, falling into the pit. And you can see all these like wicked spirits coming around him and everything. And it's like, what will he do now? Find out next issue. <laughs> but fun barbarian shit. I like it. Awesome. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Probably my favorite book of the week. Star Wars uh, Dark Droids D Squad number one. This is a side book to the Dark Droids series. And okay. it's about a, a group of droids. So it takes place right after issue two, where if you remember from that issue, C-3PO is taken over by that like that AI thing, and he kicks R2-D2 out of the ship through the um, through on the doors. Yep. Well, we pick up with R2-D2 there, and he has to find another ship. He finds one, and it's someone that's heading to like a supply run, and it's one of those uh, droids from episode one that like fix the the ships. Oh, okay, yeah. So he ends up teaming up with him. And guess who they run into, Mike? Who? Chopper. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Chopper and R2-D2 got beef, so they fight. So there's whole pages like this where it's just beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. I love it. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, in the end, they, they find out that, like, something's going wrong and they've got, like, they've got to team up to try to save everybody and that's their whole plan. But in the meantime, like something's happening on the planet they're on. And that's when they find triple uh, zero. Who's a droid from the Dr. Afra series. Okay. Who's just basically C3PO, but he likes to murder things <laughs> and he's going crazy in the town square and that's where it ends. And then there's a backup story where we get uh, kind of the origin of the, the droid planet and the droid religion mm. that they're talking about in dark droids and where the leader, like where he came from, what happened to him, his experiences and everything. So that was a cool little like backstory thing. Captain America. Number one. Nice. There it is. Captain America's landlord. Now 
that happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, fun first issue, but it was like a one shot kind of story that was setting up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Cat buys the the building he's in, so he's now mm-hmm. a landlord. And it shows how he's a nice guy because he hires some dude and gives him a place to to live inside of. He like keeps track of it. Um, but it's almost like a day in the life story because at one point, like the Fantastic Four need his help in the negative zone, so he goes oh, out okay. and fights in the negative zone with them. That's cool. Comes back, um, and then we also get kind of these flashbacks to the thirty, like the late thirties after his mom dies. And he's on the streets and he's trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if the, I don't think this is a retcon, but I don't think this is stuff they've done in the past. But it shows that he like runs into these different rallies and movements. Anyone that's like knows history of that time, there were like these rallies and movements inside the states that were like mm-hmm. pro Nazi Germany. Yeah. And he runs into one of these. Where it's them saying, like, we've got to support Hitler and all this stuff. And uh, how he reacts to that. And then another side story that I'm pretty sure is going to be, like, tied in, become the main story. Is, like, this guy, this billionaire dude, goes to the rainforest to find the Fountain of Youth. Mm. And he finds it, but there's a dark twist, Mike. Oh, yeah? There's some sort of demon thing that takes him over. And... uh, he gets what he wants. He gets to be young again, but um, he has a more sinister plan that the demon's going to make him do. So I'm sure that's going to be like the main villain of this first arc. And I'm interested to see how it all ties into these, like these rallies that they're talking about in the thirties. So like here's at the end where they show like uh, the rally and him walking okay. up to it. Yeah. Not a bad first issue, but it was just a lot. It was a big issue is a lot of setup. A lot of like, this is let's put these pieces in place to move forward with. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. Cool. A uh, book I'm still mad you're not reading, Big Game Number Three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have, it's on my list to catch up with, but I haven't gotten to it. So let's see. They nuke Buck or Huck. Huck. They nuke Huck. Okay. Who's trying to save a baby polar bear. Um, they find Superior. I've never read Superior, mm-hmm. but I didn't re- realize Superior was like Shazam kind of thing. Yeah, with a kid in a wheelchair. Yep. Yeah, so they find the kid in the wheelchair who tells them, like, I no longer have the power because mm-hmm. I wanted my soul back. Yeah. And the villains were like, well, he can't turn anymore, so is he an issue? And the one guy's like, well, better not risk it. So they kill this kid in the wheelchair. Yeah, man. Um, And then we meet up with Kick-Ass who we find out is moved by a speech by Joe Biden oh, to boy. help out. Literally, they say Joe Biden. <laughs> what the fuck? God damn it, Mark Miller. And, <laughs> and then we see what Hit Girl's doing, and she goes to where the chrononauts were oh, to yeah, try to save somebody. Forgot about those guys. Yeah, because they were all like murdered like two issues ago. Um, and a, like all of the... The supervillains went there to try to steal their technology. She's there with, I forget who, but another one of Millar's characters and gets caught and is basically like, fuck, I'm, I'm screwed. Yeah. But she's able to grab one of the chrononauts, like time things mm-hmm. and zaps back to the prehistoric age where like a fucking velociraptor attacks her. And that's the end of the book there. 
Uh, but we also get another book I didn't read. Magic Order shows up. Oh, yeah. I read the first series of that. Yeah. So I was told that Magic Order breaks the whole idea because they're like really, really powerful. Yeah, they're like overpowered. Yeah. So basically they show up, but they like they don't do anything. They just kind of sit there and go like, or not to interfere with like the the human issues of man or whatever yeah, right, that right. old story. Yeah. Uh we have to deal with cosmic stuff, so I guess see ya. And it like just explains <laughs> that away. I was like, okay. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. like that ruins that because one of my friends was like, This is all bullshit because magic order could fix shit. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, right. man. Right. It's fun supervillains killing random people. Yeah. <laughs> but a really fun, cool book. And uh I'm interested to see how Kickass like pops back into this because according to this, he's like has a family and everything. Oh, that's interesting. And has not been Kickass for a long time. Yeah, like he's okay. retired. But like I said, like he's inspired by a speech by Joe Biden to like put the snoop <laughs> back on. That's crazy. It's so fun, dude. Yeah. I read an article about it before it got spoiled for me, and I read an yeah. article. And I was like, "There's no way." And then I read it, and like. I dead serious it says like i joe biden i'm like okay like that's that's hilarious uh last thing mike i talked about a little bit last week but the superman versus meshi oh manga. yeah yeah the manga this is a ton of fun this is you've never read a superman like this mm. it's a food manga so the whole premise of it is for lunch every day superman gets really hungry and he gets a super hunger Mm -hmm. So he flies to Japan to get uh, not like special food. It's basically like um, it's basically uh, fast food in Japan. Is okay. how they explain it? Yeah. There's even an issue where they go to 7-Eleven, even though they don't call it 7-Eleven. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, look at all the food 7-Eleven has. It's yeah. dude. It's the wackiest shit. And I the 7-Eleven is really known to be have good shit in Japan, though. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've I know that, but yeah, that's I'm cool. just saying, like, that's the that's how far they go with it. There's an issue where they have a just league meeting and he like tries to find a way out because he's hungry. <laughs> um, that's there's awesome. an issue where Batman takes it like it's just like I know you've been really into uh, Japanese food, so he takes them to like the nicest Japanese restaurant in Gotham. Oh my and god, and Superman just like. Listen, this ain't no Japanese food. Let me take a yeah. real shit and flies Batman to Japan. Um, <laughs> there's awesome. a story where he goes to one of those sushi things where they have the conveyor Conve belt. Yeah, conveyor belt. Yeah. And awesome. guess who's there, Mike? Aquaman. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> That's it's, hilarious. It's the goofiest shit. And I loved it. Uh, awesome. Apparently, there's more volumes of this coming. So I'm really interested to see how far they go with this. Wow. Uh yeah, these DC mangas, who are they teaming up with? I think it's just DC doing them. Oh, but this is the yeah. first one I've read. There's three of them. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one's just like a kind of a typical Batman book. Yeah, like Batman fighting Justice. The Joker one I was not going to get. Yeah. And I talked with a friend of the show, Tyler Carpenter, about it. And apparently that book is the all of the like heroes in Gotham... So Batman um, and the Bat family, and I think even yeah. Catwoman's a part of it too, mm -hmm. get turned to babies. What? And Joker now has to take care of them as babies. What? 
and that's just stupid enough for me to buy it. And that it'll sounds be so tomorrow, ridiculous. Mike. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> so I like that. At least in those two, we'll see with the Batman one. I'm I'm gonna read that eventually because this is sitting on my uh, shelf right now. Mm-hmm. I like that it's not just hey, let's tell a Batman or let's not tell a Superman story, but with a manga artist, it's like here right. you're a manga creator, use our character. Yeah. Right. And they did something weird with it. So yeah, I appreciate cool. that. That's really cool. Uh, I think that's one thing. To compare this to the, the Spider-Man one that Marvel put out, I this is way better. Yeah. Because this is an actual like manga as opposed to just a manga artist doing a Marvel doing book. A, doing a Spider-Man book, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. So, Mike, that was everything I read this week. <laughs> nice. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter or X, Twitter slash X. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me on Twitter slash X at uh, Fortress Chris. I'm pretty much every social media network that way. And you can find the show on Twitter at Fortress Comics underscore or FortressComicNews.com. And if you all want to support the show, the best way is uh, five-star reviews and podcatchers. Go to YouTube, like, subscribe, share, comment down below on YouTube version. Uh, and uh, go to patreon.com slash fortress comics. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening this week, and we will see you all here next week.